Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast is brought to you by Easton. There are those who play and those who watch. Those who cheer and those who are cheered. Those who know that every hit has a bat, every catch has a glove, and every game a winner. At Easton, our passion is delivering a complete system of unparalleled technology and advanced products designed to give baseball players an elite edge. Easton Baseball, built to win. Our apologies. The following podcast is not up to the standards of audio quality that we like to give you on our Baseball America podcast. However, the content was so good that we wanted to let you hear it anyway, and hopefully you can bear with a little bit of the uh, squawking that is goes with it. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball America podcast, and here is the first half of our two-part series on the NCAA Regional Preview. Welcome once again, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast, along with Aaron Fitt. I am John Manuel. When you hear the two of us, you know we're going to talk college baseball. We thank you for the download. We apologize that we're taking a little break here this month, how busy things are, all the information we have, and trying to get it out. We've been a little negligent on the podcast at BaseballAmerica.com email, but keep sending them in to us, and we will read them when we have chance and we have time on these podcasts. Today is part one of our Regional Extravaganza podcast. We hope you enjoy it as much as we do. Aaron, let's get fired up, as they say, and welcome to the Terror Dome. Uh, that's how that starts. I wish we could just play that in the background, but we have to pay the Shockley brothers and Chuck D some money, so we won't do that. Sorry, are you going to make it through this podcast? Your voice is sounding a little bit rough right now. I need some uh, Sarah Hyatt's special warm tea. <laughs> Either that or uh, some of the uh, special tea that, you know, Kurt Cobain used to get, you know. So, uh, Any royal tea? <laughs> plus two. That's a great song. God, I wish we could have that streaming in the background. Um, but anyway, let's not steal the life inside of this podcast by having tangents. Let's go on to the very first upper right-hand corner of the bracket, where if you look at your bracket, we're going to the right side of the bracket. From North Cackalack, North Carolina, down to Arizona State. Let's start with the breakdowns with the one closest to home, the Cary Regional, the John Manuel Invitational Regional, because I live in Cary. North Carolina, your one seed. UNC Wilmington, your two. Elon, the three. Mount St. Mary's, a surprise for Aaron. This is North Carolina's regional to lose. The Tar Heels should be heavily favored in this regional. That's not to say that Wilmington and Elon aren't dangerous. I don't think Mount St. Mary's has a chance in hell of winning a regional. Who's more dangerous in North Carolina, UNC Wilmington or Elon? You know, that's a great question. I think, I think they're both dangerous for different reasons. Elon, maybe more for its speed. Uh, I think they're going to they're challenge North Carolina defensively and try to put pressure on, uh, on the Tar Heels. You know, with, with the Tar Heels, I think, are a little bit suspect, John. Just a little bit suspect defensively up the middle. I yeah, it's just not their strength, that's for sure. It's, it's, it, you're right. That's a better way to put it. It's not their strength. Uh, worrying a little bit about Garrett Gore. You know, and, and there are certain, you know, certain things. I, I think it, I think North Carolina is a good defensive team. I don't think they're a great defensive team. Correct. Uh, and so uh, I think Elon maybe could give them some trouble there. I don't think I don't think it'll be enough to, to overcome. It. I mean, Tim Thurovich is a really good arm. I think he could probably keep the running game in check. Um, Wilmington, of course, completely different t- kind of team. Um, right. They've got they've got more power bats on that team with guys like uh, Carver and, and Daniel Hargrave, and, and I mean they. 
you know, offensively, um, I just don't think UNC Wilmington is well suited for spacious USA uh, national training complex. That's a great point. That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. The, the USA baseball complex really does play big. It's one of the least offensive ballparks in the ACC, and UNC Wilmington really is a power-oriented team. Elon, I did not realize the extent of their kind of jackrabbit offensive attack. It's a team with a 430 on base and 152 stolen bases. Now, some of that offense is inflated because the Southern Conference was ridiculous. It was just off the charts offense this year. Yeah. Um, but and they, go ahead. They, I'm sorry to interrupt you. They really stood out, I think, because because that conference was so offensive and it's so power oriented with you know these huge power numbers coming from College of Charleston and Georgia Southern. And, right. You know, you know, it's it's and then you got Elon, the team that wins the league, does it really without much power? I mean, it's 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 guys like Chris Dove, you know, just getting on base and. Disrupting things with right. the speed. I mean, that, that's that's what makes Elon good. And Elon's, you know, a, a younger team than they were last year. It's almost like a more energetic team. I think we thought they'd be better last year than we thought they'd be good this year. But uh, it's a mark of a good program. I think that you know, Coach Kennedy's got over there. They're, they're good every year now. And they're a steady program. Same thing with UNC Wilmington. Uh, you know, to me, Mark Scaff, they got their opportunity when East Carolina and Richmond left the uh, CAA. There was a void in the in the CAA. And UNC Wilmington has really ascended to the top of that. And uh, top of that league, the most consistent 40-game winning program in that league. I was happy for the league that they got two bids. I thought that I thought that the league was maybe a little bit better than it showed, uh, than the RPI reflected. All those Virginia, Virginia teams play each other, and that seems like to keep their RPI down. I think North Carolina wins this region, I think Elon is probably the second-best team. But we'll really find out Friday night's matchup, Brad Holt, Steve Hensley, right. UNC Wilmington versus Elon. Uh, winner that uh, of that pitcher's duel, the best pitching matchup really in that regional, right. is, is going to be set up against North Carolina and Alex White on Saturday. And that's the problem, John. Is yeah. North Carolina is going to probably throw out a soon Adam Warren against right. Mount St. Mary's, and, and an experienced college pitcher like Adam Warren, I think, is going to carve up Mount, Mount St. Mary's. I'm not worried about that at all. Right. Um, you know, and, and you know, Mount St. Mary's. I mean, they've got a little bit of pop in that lineup, but their best hitter, Josh Vidic, uh, is a guy who can be very easily exploited. Uh, I mean, with, with, if you know how to pitch him, I mean, he strikes out a lot. I think I think uh, Mount St. Mary's is probably going to get blown out in that first game. And and and, uh, and, and the problem though is for UNC Wilmington and Elon is that they both have one big gun on their on their pitching staff, and they have to use against each other. Right. And they're going to have to face the ACC Pitcher of the Year, uh, Alex White. Alex White. And, and and it's it's you know North Carolina should, in my opinion, should breeze through this region. That's a tough matchup for both of them. Let's move on to the Conway Regional. Coastal Carolina, the one seed. East Carolina, the two. Alabama, the three. Columbia, out of the Ivy League, the four. You've got uh, basically two league champions and then two at-large teams. Uh, I think Coastal Carolina, Aaron, is the team that's been ranked the most, the team we've both seen, uh, a team that has depth everywhere. My Omaha sleeper in the preseason, I almost forgot about that. Uh, Wow, I actually had forgotten about that. Uh, They earn a one seed. They're a host was that deserved? You feel like they deserved yeah. to, to be a one seed and a host? Yeah, you know, I, I thought that they, they did deserve it. The only reason I thought they might not get it is because of the questions about their ballpark, uh, but they've answered that, uh, you know, bringing in auxiliary bleachers at Charles Watson Stadium over there, and, and uh, the committee was satisfied. But I, I think Coastal is a very good team, and, and they've done everything they needed to do. They've scheduled well. They play a lot of high RPI games, especially in the midweek. Um, you know, they, they played pretty well against the ACC this year. Right. They did beat North Carolina head-to-head in the midweek game. Uh, they beat Virginia in the midweek game, obviously. They did pretty well against Maryland. And, 
um, being attacked early on. So I think Coastal uh, did deserve the one seed and the host. And you know what? I think this is the year Coastal breaks through and wins that regional because uh, I think East Carolina is dangerous. And, and I thought at the beginning of the year that East Carolina was a major sleeper. Uh, and I still think that, that East Carolina could win this regional. Uh, I think these two clubs are actually very similar offensively. I think they're both very good offensive clubs with right. power, with speed, uh, good fundamental teams. I think I think they're both competing in a lot of different ways offensively. Um, and I think they're actually pretty similar on the mound as well. I, I like uh, Coastal's bullpen a little bit better. I think that's maybe the, the, the X factor along with being at home. Seems like he, uh, Coastal's a little bit more experienced on the mound than East Carolina, even though Justin Briss is a junior, for example. It's really his first full year right. as a pitcher. He's getting Seth the end of a season. Is a freshman. Right. He's been their the most consistent pitcher. Seth Maines has been outstanding from East Carolina. And he Hose is, is the, the senior that they expected to be counting on. He's been, had his ups and downs this year. Uh, you know, I, I just went a little bit about East Carolina on the mound, and, and I think that, I mean, obviously, Bobby Gag's status is, is the X factor. We okay. don't know if he's going to pitch for Coastal Carolina or not. Uh, but even if he doesn't, you know, I like Coastal's arms. I mean, guys like Joey Hogg and Nick McCauley, I mean, they've got good arms. Always got to check your gag status. That's, that's <laughs> fun to say. Gag status. Yeah, you do. But like you said, uh, I, you know, there's there's power and some versatility, some more depth at Coastal Carolina on the mound. I agree. Now, here's the other question. Alabama is Alabama. Mm-hmm. This is the SEC team here. And, you know, let's face it, Alabama's playing well. They finished strong. They really have. And, you know, early on, John, I'll be the first to admit it. I didn't think Alabama was anything close to a regional team. No, me neither. Going into the year, or the first half of the year, and, and they proved me wrong. They absolutely deserved to get into a regional. Uh, and, and uh, you know, they, hey, they stunned Georgia in Athens. They beat Georgia again in the SEC tournament. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, they've been playing well. And, 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 you know, I think they've got four or five bats in that lineup that, that are dangerous. Uh, I don't think they're any better than what Coastal Carolina or East Carolina will throw at you. Right. Uh, in fact, I don't think they're as good as what Coastal Carolina and East Carolina will throw at you. But I think Alabama is, is short of those two clubs on the mound. Uh, you know, I mean. I agree. No, I agree. They've won 11 of their last 14, which is very impressive. They're doing most of that in the SEC and playing good teams, like you said, Georgia, Kentucky. Um, you know, they're a solid defensive club. They've got the kind of power they've had the last few years. I guess it's just really impressive to me. It's a good, another sign for Jim Wells. You know, Jim Wells was our coach of the year in 1997. And their program has gone down from what it was in the late 90s to what it's been this decade. Uh, they did have the outstanding team in 06 that lost at home in the Super Regional to North Carolina. But, you know, after last year, he was, retires and he comes back after a couple days. Uh, a lot of times that doesn't work out very well. I think uh, we're in ACC country. I remember, Bob, I remember Bobby Cremins taking the South Carolina job then going back to Georgia Tech and he was really never the same. He hasn't been the same at College of Charleston. He wasn't the same at Georgia Tech um, since that kind of little midlife crisis. And it seems like that's kind of, you know, what I expected to happen at Alabama. And, yeah, they're just, they're just a three seed, but they're playing well in the second half. And you know, I'm always intrigued by what uh, – I'm always intrigued by Myers Quigley. I know he hasn't been that good this year. Um, he was such a big deal out of high school. Yeah. He just – it's really Hyatt has been there. Opinion, You're right. Now Austin Hyatt's been very he's consistent for them. He's a strike thrower. They don't have the quality though of arms that East no. Carolina or Coastal Carolina has. They don't have the depth of arms that those two I would teams. I'm very have. surprised, honestly, John. I'll say I'll be very surprised if Alabama wins this regional. I think because I, I think very highly of Coastal and East Carolina, and I and I, and I certainly give Alabama credit. I just don't think they're as talented uh, as those other two teams. And, and 
You know, those other two teams are also very well coached. I mean, Gary right, Gilmore, no, you're right. He's got to be a candidate for Coach of the Year once again. He was in the mix last year. I think he's in the mix again. Gary Gilmore's a stud. He's a stud. That program is so consistent, and now it's gone to another level, and they're being consistent 45-win team every year. Yeah. That guy's a stud. So who are you taking, John? I'm taking Coastal. They're my Omaha State. I'm taking Coastal as well. I'm taking Coastal. And, 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 I, and I like ECU, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if ECU wins that regional, but I'm taking Coastal. It's out there. The next regional, I think we're both uh, not going to go chalk. Nebraska, one. UC Irvine, two. Oral Roberts, three. Eastern Illinois, four. Aaron, I think this is our first regional where any one of three teams could really win it. I think your one seed Nebraska could win it. I think your two seed Irvine could win. I think your three seed Oral Roberts. I think that's fair. It would not shock me if Oral Roberts won this regional. That's a program that's won a regional before. I don't think there's any way that Rob Walton is looking past regionals and looking towards Team USA roster. <laughs> but this is a, obviously a really good coach. Uh, you know, this, this, is, this is a tough regional. I think the, the one guy uh, to really watch in all this, for me, is Nebraska is such a veteran club. Mm-hmm. In our opinion, I think I can speak for you, I think we think that Nebraska has significantly overachieved. Yeah. Are they, is that over? Is that little run of luck over? Uh, I think Irvine's overachieved too, to be honest with you. Um, but has Nebraska kind of peaked? Did they peak in late April? I think they yeah, did. Yeah, they did. They did, and, they, and they've not been very good down the stretch. They did win that very exciting series against Texas A&M, but then the next weekend they go to Missouri and get swept. Uh, I believe it's pronounced good, Missouri. Excuse me, Missouri. <laughs> uh, not a very good performance in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, you know, I think they went one and two. I think, I think Nebraska, here's the thing, the biggest thing they've got going for them, besides their experience, uh, they're at home. And, yes, and, and, you're you know right. What, Nebraska at home is so dangerous. Oh, that's it's a just, great point. They, they're transformed into a, into a collection of supermen, as one coach kind of told me this year. They're just a completely different team than they are on the road. They feed off the energy. They're very, very, very difficult to beat. But, like Optimus Prime. That said, John, uh, you know, I, I, I've heard people compare Nebraska and UC Irvine this year because Nebraska is, is, is kind of plays a style similar to Irvine. They're very fundamentally sound. People always say that. Uh, Nebraska doesn't beat itself. They don't make mistakes. Right. They make you beat them. Um, but but people who say who see who seen Irvine as well say well. That's what Irvine know, does. That, Irvine does it better. Right. I mean Nebraska does it well. Irvine does it better. Nebraska is Irvine light. To me, Irvine, Nebraska is a counter puncher. You make a mistake, they step into the breach. There's an error. They're going to score that run. They're an outstanding counter puncher, and they do have those veterans who are kind of unflappable, especially at home. But Irvine is a more offensive club. They're more the aggressor. They're not a counterpuncher. They do play similar styles. Right. But Irvine's, uh, Irvine is, is putting pressure on you, whereas Nebraska is more waiting for you to crack. Maybe that's just, you know. No, I actually I really like the way you put that. And so that's, yeah. that's, that's the difference to me, and that's why I think that Irvine got a chance. And a lot of these guys on Irvine, clearly it's on the same team, they don't quite have the offense they had last year. They don't have the firepower they had last they year. They've still got Ollie Linton, the best player in, uh, in all <laughs> baseball, I think, at any level. Uh, <laughs> you love that guy. Uh, you know, I love Ollie Linton. He's, I think he's one of the most fun players to watch in college baseball. What's not to love? He's, he's, a, he's a catalyst. He's a very exciting offensively and defensively. There's no better team up the middle defensively than Irvine. None. Orloff, Linton, uh, what's the catcher's name? Is it Lowenstein? Uh, Lowenstein. Yeah. I mean, they are just so good defensively. I, up the I don't know that I would quite take them over Miami defensively up the middle, but uh, it's, it's, you can have your Blake T. Cody. I will. <laughs> That's a baseball I'll take, America I'll take argument. The Cody and I'll take 
Brian Jackson and Jamal Weeks. That's a Baseball America argument starter if there ever was one. Blake T. Cody. He's a, a flashpoint here in the office, although Matt Blood not here to, to weigh in on that one. Irvine's got the pitching in this in this regional area, and I, I think that's what Irvine's other calling card is. Mm-hmm. But i, I got to be honest with you, I kind of like Oral Roberts. I like Jerry Sullivan. I like Brian Van Kirk. I like Ben Petrali. I like the depth of their lineup. I kind of I'm Oral Roberts lost four games in the Summit League this year. I think some people think that Oral Roberts maybe is not as good as they've been in the past. I actually think part of that was the rest of the Summit League was a little bit better. Southern Utah was better. Western Illinois was better. All that said, I think I think Oral Roberts is uh, a threat to win this. Are you taking Are you taking Oral Roberts? I think I'm going to go out on that limb. I think I'm going to take Oral Roberts to win this regional. Good for you. I think I've talked myself into Oral Roberts. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, off the board. I'm going to take the Anteaters. Uh, I, I zod, zod, uh, zod. You know, I, I just think the way they play, they're just so clinically efficient in, in the pressure. Uh, I think they will out Nebraska, Nebraska. And, and I, I, you know, obviously, I, if there's one guy who's not going to get rattled pitching in, in Lincoln, it's Scott Gorgon. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see, you know, whether he pitches that first game or the second game. He probably will pitch the first game against Old Roberts. Small aside, but Scott Gorgon has draft helium. Right? He has got all kinds of draft helium. He's going to go higher than 183, where he was in our top 200. I knew that when we ranked him there, but he's got draft helium. Good. You know, he deserves it. He's a terrific just, pitcher. Just throw that out there in the mix for Scott Gorgon. Uh, next regional, LSU the one, Southern Miss the two, UNO the three, Texas Southern the four, Aaron, LSU is fast becoming the story of this college baseball season. First of all, they're one of the, the, the sport's best brand names. This is LSU, one of the top dynasties in the game, really the dynasty in the game in the modern, in the, in the common era right now. Uh, five titles since 1991. No Omaha trip since 2003, I believe. Maybe they were there in 04, but I think it was 03. And uh, no title since 2000. Coaching change. But Palmineri has got this team rolling like no one else in the country. I mean, to me, uh, it's hard to commit. I know you like New Orleans, and I know that New Orleans is a solid club. I also know that, uh, you know, that the, the, you know, Southern Miss has played some good teams and has beaten some good teams. I have a hard time re- thinking that LSU is not going to win this championship. Uh, to me, LSU is the, the, that's the, overwhelming that's the smart pick. It's the easy pick. Uh, <laughs> it, might, it, it might be the right pick, John. Uh, certainly they're the hottest team in the nation. Um, you know, and, and they're a good offensive team, um, but uh, you like New Orleans. I know you like Johnny Giovatello. I'm going to spill the beans. I, I do like New Orleans to win this, this regional. And you like them to win the regional, all right. To win the regional, John, and here's why. Okay, New Orleans, first of all, uh, is, is an experienced team that, that uh, has played in a regional last year, beat Wichita State at Wichita State. They're not rattled. Wichita State's a tough place to play. Oh, absolutely. It's an intimidating, just physically, it's an intimidating ballpark. That's and that's one thing that X Stadium actually has in common with Alex Box. They're both big, physically imposing ballparks that are intimidating just in terms of their stature to other college baseball teams. They're not just nice. They're not, Well, obviously, Alex Box is not nice. They're big. Uh, right. They're big and they're loud. But if there's one team, John, if there's one team in the entire country who I think is, is, is well-suited to perform well at Alex Box Stadium besides the Tigers, 
is New Orleans because they they they're very familiar with LSU. They they won two out of three games against LSU this year. The one team that gave LSU the most trouble during this long winning streak was New Orleans, which uh, pushed LSU to 15 innings in a midweek game right before the SEC tournament. Yeah, you're right. I mean, New, New Orleans has has veteran guys on this team who who were were on this regional club last year. I mean, obviously Johnny Giovatella is a great player at second base, and uh, guys like Nick Schwanner and and uh, Joey Butler were there. I mean, they, they you know it's. Their entire weekend rotation, John, uh, was their weekend rotation last year. I mean, Brian Cryer's gotten a lot better, gives them a real ace atop that rotation, went 12-1 and this year for them. Uh, I mean, the other two guys will compete just as well as LSU's pitchers will compete. Uh, and, and, you know, New Orleans has, I believe, six guys with double-digit home runs this year. Wow. They're an offensive club. That's it's an offensive ballpark. Yep. Uh, you know, I do think LSU has a little bit better pitching overall. Um, but I really like the way New Orleans matches up with them. I, I, and I think the privateers are going to shock everybody here and, and make a great case for Tom Walter for Coach of the Year. I was about to say, I know your, I thought your answer was just going to be as simple as I love Walter. <laughs> to give you a bad wow. Tommy Heinsohn. I like it. Do I get any Tommy points for that? I give you two Tommy points. All right. I thought that's where you were going. But uh, I love that. You got me stoked for that regional now. I just, I don't expect LSU to get to Omaha. Because they're going to lose some games. It's just inevitable. They're not going to win 30 in a row. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but until they lose, I'm going to have a hard time picking them against them when they've won 20 straight games. So I, I, especially to me, Alex Box Stadium. But the last time they had a send-off for Skid Bertman, 2001, they lost to Tulane uh, in the Super Regional, the highest-grossing Super Regional of all time. So uh, LSU and send-offs has not always been a winner. So I'm, I, I like the way you laid out the UNO case. Let's go to one of the tougher regionals. What, Go ahead. What, 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 sure. For you, is Southern Miss a factor in that regional? I guess they should be. I know they've been banged up all year. I don't know as much about their club as I really should. I can't. I don't know enough about them to to go on that limb and pick them. I just know they've I been injured, and I know they've. I know they're also. Uh, they're, they're, this is this is Southern Miss. They're always a team that grinds it out. They usually have a power arm that you don't know about that you know wasn't coming out of high school. They developed. And they grind out a bat. So it's a patient right. ball club. That, that's it. That's it. And, 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 you know, they play better than their talent. Uh, that said, I don't really like the way they match you up in this regional. Um, and, I, and I would be surprised if they win. Honestly, to be looking at it, the more I look at it, the more I just don't see a great matchup for any of the Conference USA teams in, this re, in, in any regional. And that brings us to the next regional. Rice is the host. Texas the number two seed. St. John's a three. Sam Houston State, according to one source, the best four seed in the country. I don't know about that because I like UC Davis, but Aaron, that's a tough regional. Rice did not get any benefits. They did get to stay in the top eight. I think losing their first two in the Conference USA tournament really hurt them and knocked them down a peg or two in the top eight national seeds, and it gave them a tougher regional. I really expected Texas Southern to be the team that, that played uh, in, in the Houston regional as a four seed. It made a lot of sense. When you're a national seed, you shouldn't, I don't think, be, be given a, a four seed as dangerous as and Sam Houston State, um, you know, and Texas Southern is probably the, might be the weakest team in the field. I mean, there's a number of their five teams in this field with sub-500 records, which I believe is the most since the, the field expanded to uh, 64 teams. Nice little nugget. Um, you know, so there's, there's going to be some teams here that might find themselves in a little bit over their heads. If you want to compare four seeds, how about Miami got Bethune-Cookman, which has played UCLA and Southern Cal and has been to regionals every Which's year. Miami a couple of times. And I mean, I can't believe they're a four, and they're supposed to be this, the four. Uh, and Sam Houston, that's a four. And, and you're comparing those four seeds or Fresno State, a preseason top 25, to like Mount St. Mary's, 
or Eastern Michigan no, or Texas know. Southern. I mean, give me a break. No, it's, it, there's a lot of disparity there, and, and I kind of think that geography should have played a secondary role to uh, the seeding when it comes to dispersing those those, those four seeds because that makes a huge difference on your regional. I mean, the only it, argument really for Texas Southern going to Baton Rouge is getting that team out of the Houston greater area and giving their student athletes a different look, which I like. But it's not like this is Texas Southern's eighth straight trip. Meanwhile, Bethune-Cookman never gets out of the state of Florida right. to play in a regional. So Bethune-Cookman, that's for tomorrow's podcast, but they got jobbed. Uh, you know, Mervyn Melendez does a great job, and that program is so consistent. The MEAC was weak. It's three letters, though. It's the RPI. Yeah, yeah. the, the MEAC is terrible. Gonna, I don't think ever going to get more than a four seed because of the RPI, because of their conference. That aside, that aside let's get back to this, please. this Houston regional. Uh, you, John, it sounds like you like Texas here. I think I am leaning toward Texas because this was a team in some serious trouble about a month ago. They were, I don't remember what their record was, but they were right around, right around 500 in the Big 12. They fell out of our top 25 rankings. They started seeing all that buzz on the Internet about the coaches pushing players out, telling guys they weren't going to renew their scholarship. You start seeing all this kind of stuff. You start hearing the Augie Garrido rumors. Now, I've done some digging on the Augie Garrido rumors. He ain't going nowhere, number one. Number two, he's shown he can still coach. He has really put this team back together. They challenged the players. The players responded. Kyle Russell got hot. And most importantly, Aaron, they figured out their, their weekend rotation. They figured out, here's three guys who can pitch and get us deep in the games. They figured out their bullpen. I do like Texas. The Big 12 is a deep league. I like Texas making that run to the league tournament. I think Rice might be. It's tough to go all year with a freshman as your three-hole hitter and have to rely on a guy like Rick Haig so much, play shortstop, hit three-hole, be a big run producer for you. I'm not putting it all on him. I'm saying to me, just the pieces add up a little bit more to Texas for me than they do for Rice. I'll admit, I think St. John's offense is a little short. All my information is two or three really good pitchers. Offense is a little short. They put all their money on the, on the mound, and, and you're, they're going to face some, some real velocity and some more experienced pitchers if they play Rice or Texas or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. I think, yeah. sold me Texas here. And, and, <laughs> and I do like St. John's because I think their pitching is, is, is good. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, Scott Barnes is very good, and George Brown is a proven winner as a left hander up there. And, yep. I mean, you know, we talked about these guys. Well, coach team. Well, Eddie Blankmeyer is one of, he's one of the, the, the gems in college baseball. But they're, they're going to be overmatched offensively. I don't really like their offense very much. I mean, Cristinos can, can put a charge into one now, and they need a big hit in the. Northeast Regional last year, a walk-off home run uh, in one of those games. But uh, awesome. Uh, but, but St. John's probably just is going to be uh, is going to have a hard time, I think, matching up with the firepower they're going to see from Texas. Uh, and, and you know what? I talked to Coach today, John, about Texas, who said uh, you know, he saw them midway through the year and he saw them down the stretch, and it was a completely different team. And, and you know they they're, they've gotten it they've gotten it going. They really have. They're dangerous, uh, obviously, with the power in the lineup, but. You know, Russ Moldenauer is another guy to keep yeah. an eye on, a key guy. For Great point. Very well. I mean, they're, they're good at the top of the lineup. They'll give away outs. Um, and Moldenauer, I guess, they were, I don't know if there was an MVP of the uh, Big 12 tournament, but he was huge in a couple of late games in that tournament. And it's, it's that third-round pick at a high school. So there's all kinds of talent. Yeah. Uh, that said, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Rice, and, and I don't feel terribly confident about it, but, uh, uh, you know, it's Rice, and they're at home. And, and Ryan Berry and Matt Langwell have certainly been there before, and Cole St. Clair and Joe Kelly. I mean, they've got all these pitchers, John, who 
have pitched that on the biggest stage. Oh, you're right. And, and, and that, to me, is the biggest factor. They've got depth in that pitching staff. Because uh, yeah, I've seen Mike Ojala on TV. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's, he's pretty, very, pretty solid for a fourth guy. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, that's a nice luxury. And, and, and uh, you know, obviously, Brian Price has a big-time arm if he can, uh, you know, if he can pitch him on the right <clears> day, I guess. Um, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it depends. Both St. Clair's had a good year kind of under the radar a little bit. Um, you know, I, I like Bryce's pitching very much, and that's why, I mean, and I also think that they're a solid club offensively. They're not a great club offensively. They're not as good as they were last year. Uh, but, you know, certainly Aaron Lewis can get hot and carry it for games at a time. And He's the guy, he's kind of been so streaky. He's always streaky, but he's been more off and on this year. I mean, I'm shocked that Adam Zorns is their home run leader. I thought that would have been a guy like Seastrunk or a guy like Luna. Zorns has always had raw power. He just hasn't really had a chance to, to play regularly. Well, Seastrunk's had a great year for them. He's I been their steadiest he's offensive he's player. Uh, he's but, a terrific all-around player. Yeah, I'm just – and I, I guess I just uh, – and to me, uh, just a little bit I've talked to people. I don't, I don't have Texas for our draft stuff. I'm not the college beat guy. Everyone I've talked to, I've talked to two people about Rice, thought, yeah, a little worn down. But uh, you know what? They, they, they had some time to rest up at that conference exactly. tournament, John. Maybe, that, <laughs> uh, maybe that'll help them out. I think Texas is the sheep pick here. Uh, I think that probably a lot of people are going to be picking Texas. I'm going to take Rice. I like it. I think you're right. I think Texas is the sheep pick. I do love the Wayne Graham versus Augie Garrido. I mean, holy cow. That's just awesome with a capital A. Slam, jam, bam. Next regional, we got three more to finish up. The Baseball America College podcast. Thanks for hanging in with us. Part two tomorrow, but uh, if my voice is still here. Texas A&M regional, the College Station regional. A&M, Dallas Baptist, Houston, Illinois, Chicago. This is a really weird regional, Aaron. It's a weird regional. It's a great word for it. A&M is reeling. No other word for that. They're, they're Virginia reeling. They're, they're reeling so badly. Uh, Dallas Baptist, I mean, I love they got in, but they are not a two-seed. I just am not buying them as a two-seed. You know, and, and I've had this debate a little bit uh, with people over the last two days since the selection came out. And, and, and I can see the case for them as a two-seed. I mean, you, you do have to give them credit. It was not easy to do what they did, uh, you know, to, to, to be an independent. There's a reason it's been so long since an independent has made the tournament. It's hard. You, you've got to schedule-wise, it's hard. Uh, they've got to beat a lot of quality teams. They had to you know, go on the road against San Francisco make a statement, and they did. That was awesome. But San Francisco, to be fair, is a fourth-place team in a two-bid league. Right. I mean, you know, That's, so it's, it's, yep. it's a good series. It's not a great series. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and, and I think that Dallas Baptist, uh, they played Texas a once this year. The Aggies won yeah. Uh, granted, you know, things have changed a little bit since then. I like Dallas Baptist talent. Um, they've got a couple of real power arms, obviously, with, with – uh, Black and Meeker. Black and, and, and Jordan Meeker. And, and, and Evan Bigley. He's a yeah. terrific player in center field. And kind of, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a good, solid team. And it's, it's a steady coach. lineup, too. There's not one guy it's, you can go in there and game plan. It's a steady lineup. It's just a steady team, well coached, good program, yada, yada, yada. I like A&M. <laughs> they've got to, they just, the just got to play better. They just were too good. A team that was that good in the Big 12 can't just fall this flat on its face. You have to worry a little bit about Brooks Raley here. Uh, down the stretch. Right. The freshman left-hander who had been their Friday guy for much of the year. 
He's stumbling, bumbling. And he's a freshman. I mean, this happens with freshmen all the time. They need Kirkland Rivers to come up big for them, Aaron. You know, that that would really help. Just for whatever reason. Kirkland Rivers, for what it's worth, was hampered by Dallas Baptist, I, I believe, earlier this year. You know what? That I, Thursday game. That's exactly. I've talked to the uh, guys at Dallas Baptist about that. Oh, we handled Rivers. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. But, but the, the thing is, A&M has still Barrett Lux, for one thing, is a freshman who was not worn down. No, he was he at his best late well. last year anyway. His velocity jumped after the draft. So Yeah, and, he, and he's a big physical guy who I think is uh, he's just a force, and I, I really like him. I Does mean, Houston have a chance here? You think Houston with West Music, yeah. the top college yeah. draft pitcher in the state of Texas? Houston's hot, and I think they're easy to overlook here. We um, just did it. We did. They, they won the <laughs> Conference USA tournament. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're again, very well coached. I mean, why don't more people talk about Rainer Campbell, John? Oh, Rainer Noble? Noble. Rainer Campbell. Oh, Rainer Noble. Rainer, Rainer. No one talks about Rainer Campbell only because Baylor's not in the tournament. <laughs> There's only two Rainers in the world, and I, I just uh, got them confused. But. Uh, you also called uh, Chris Kelly, Joe Kelly, the, the closer at uh, Riverside earlier, but I wasn't going to let it go. I'll be out of this stuff, John. Can, let me I just did. Like Plus two big ones. That was awesome. I hope you heard the fist pound here on the Baseball America College podcast. This is just more fun than the law should allow. I love it. I love the podcast. Bottom line, reason, reason I'm taking a so I, I just think that their offensive talent is, is much superior to any other team in this regional. And in their style of play, uh, it, you know, they're, they're a great six-run offense. You know, they'll get the six runs just by just by the way they, they put pressure on you. Yeah, uh, they're and, hard and to hold down. They do down. have power. It's a deep, deep lineup. I mean, offensively, I like A&M, and that's why I think they win this regional. I'm with you. Now let's move on to what we both, I believe, think is the toughest regional in the whole field, the Blair Field Regional, as I like to call it. The Long Beach State Regional. Dirtbags, your one seed. Toreros of San Diego, your two seed. California, the three. Fresno State, the four. What are the guys on the committee smoking to put these four teams in the same regional? So frankly, nice. frankly, USD should have been the one and Long Beach the two. Uh, no, first of all. I think so. I mean, San Diego played. I mean, they both played great non-conference schedules. But San Diego was good all year. Long Beach State went through about a month where they stunk. And I'll tell you what. Way to put it, John. They stunk. Oh, they stunk. Oh, you stink. Yeah, they stunk. But let's give Mike Weather some credit. First of all, he lost his pitching coach right on the eve of the season. Second of all, his team's going in this funk. I don't know if you read about this. He took the bats away from the whole team. Uh, they They stopped having BP. They basically limited the whole team to like two or three bats on the whole club because they were complaining about the bats. He said, stop it. Worry about your swing. Worry about you. Not it's it's the warrior, not the weapon. To use a quote from Taggart Bozide, circa two thousand one. Wow. But uh, it's the warrior, not the weapon. And the dirtbags stopped letting themselves find excuses and figured out a way to get it done the field. Uh, this is a streaking team. This is a team with better power than they usually have. It's a team with a big time hitter in Shane Peterson. This is a good defensive team. This is a deep pitching staff. They've got Vance Worley on track. Finally, they got Andrew Liebel. They've got a bullpen with Brian Shaw at the back of it. I like the dirtbags. But USD is ridiculously good. USD's playing very well. Fresno State, honestly, I don't they, they're a four seed. Without Tanner Jeppers, they're a four seed. They, they weren't even that great with him. Uh, they're an experienced team. I know they beat USD last year. I don't think they can win a regional. To Not me, the real, X, the real X factor here is Cal. Yeah. I can't believe Cal's a three seed, but then the way they've been treated by the committee the last couple of years, I guess I should have known it was coming. I'm not surprised they're a, two, uh, a three seed. I think the, the eve of the, uh, the projections, I think I had them as a three seed. I think seed. you did. I don't think that's fair. I, I think they should be a two seed. It's a, it's a really good conference, and they, uh, they've they got a lot of quality series wins. We know they're dangerous. 
getting back to your first point, John, so much to talk about this region. Yeah. We'll probably talk <laughs> a half hour about this regional. But, we could. Um, San Diego and Long Beach State played the Bob World Series. That's right. Oh, yeah, you were on it. Awesome. And, and San Diego's coaches told me afterwards, that's one of the best teams I've ever seen. It was basically like, oh, no. Oh, no. We don't want to see those guys. Because they said, I mean, they're just so well coached. They execute so well. I mean, you know, all that stuff that you expect from Long Beach. They're so tough. They've got a lot of good arms. I mean, uh, certainly, you know, Andrew Lieber, I think, uh, I don't know if he, he was pitcher of the year or not in that conference. I think he will be named that if, if it hasn't come out yet. Uh, very, I mean, he's, he's so good. How about this Andrew Lieber Player of the Year page on the Long Beach State website? Neil Adler, that's a little stretch, a little reach, but that's all right, though. I like the, I like he's, the effort. He's, uh, no, I mean, he's good. <laughs> he is really he's good. He's a four-pitch guy with, I mean, he, you know, he draws Ian Kennedy comparison. Yeah. He's pretty high plays. Yeah, he does. Uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think Long Beach is really good. And, and, and if it weren't for USD in this regional, I, I think, you know, I, I, Long Beach was a team that I thought was capable of getting to Omaha in the preseason. I still think it's capable of getting to Omaha. I agree. San Diego, though, right now is peaking. Uh, you know, in Long Beach, to be fair, they, they won a series against Florida. But, but San Diego, their coaches feel very confident right now about the way they're playing. Uh, they're clicking on all cylinders. I mean, Brian Mattis uh, is, of course, the big X. He's the best pitcher in he's the best pitcher in base, college baseball, he if you is. ask me. Steven Strasburg is not playing anymore, A, and he finished poorly B. So, uh, two losses last two starts. What a, what a matchup with Tyson Ross and Brian Mattis. That's going to be scouting director central on uh, when that game is played. Here's the thing for me. I think Cal was the worst team for USD to play in the first game. Cal can hit velocity. Yeah. That's Josh Satin and David Cooper have seen it all. They've hit them all. They've seen a million pitchers, and they've rocked them all. David Cooper went off the field on Aaron Crow uh, the weekend I was out there this year. And it was, you know, I mean, it, it, you're right. They can hit, that's a great point, John. So that's the, that's the problem. I don't think Cal has enough pitching to win a regional. Long Beach State has to hope that Cal wins that first game. Puts San Diego in the loser's bracket. I still think that, and I actually think that will happen, and San Diego will still win. I just think Long Beach State's offense, outside of Peterson, will not be able to handle premium velocity. They've had prolonged offensive funks this year. Jason Quarter, I know he's got a lot of home runs. It's still more like slider bat speed at Long Beach State. Same, David Espinosa hey, is a big game player, comes up with big hits. I just don't think he does it against guys like Josh Romanski or Kyle Blair. Danny Espinosa. Danny Espinosa, thank you very much. Uh, touche. I'm picking San Diego to come out of the loser's bracket with their pitching depth, bring it to bear in this regional, and win the Long Beach State Regional. I hate agreeing with you so much. I really do. Uh, <laughs> but I also like the Toreros here. And, and, and boy, I'll tell you. Cal- I like Toreros, but I like the Toreros as well. Uh, it's a, it's Mexican food reference there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cal, I mean, I think Cal's really good. You know, I do. Uh, I think any of those three teams, and, and even Fresno, I wouldn't be completely shocked if Fresno made a run here because even without Tanner Shepard, they've got Justin Wilson and Justin Miller and Clayton Allison. Those are good arms. I mean, they are. experienced lineup. I like all four of these teams. I'll take the Toreros. Yeah, there's just no easy team in that regional. And uh, enough respect for finally for Cal. I'm glad they got in. Kudos to David Esker. That program kept plugging away. Good for some of their seniors like Josh Satin and Alex Rowland and those guys who've been there and who've been snubbed and now get there. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad that Cal got in. Still can't believe the Pac-10 didn't get a six-team. How the eighth-place team in the Big 12 gets in, but the sixth-place team in the Pac-10 can't get in is beyond me, and the committee needs to check itself before it wrecks the, the sport. It's That's ridiculous. Especially with the last-place team in the Pac-10 
went to Oklahoma and, and took three out of four. The, the Pac-10 just constantly gets jobbed in every sport, in college, in the NCAA. I just don't get it. I don't get how the Pac-10 stands for this, but they take it and they say, yes, sir, may I have another. I mean, if I were a Pac-10 athletic director, I would want a new commissioner of the Pac-10 who would advocate for my league and keep it from getting crapped on all the time. I mean, I just don't get it. But anyway, we got to wrap up. Uh, speaking of the Pac-10, your champion of the Pac-10, Arizona State, hosted the last regional we're talking about today. It's the Tim Corbin's daughter regional because Tim Corbin coaches Vanderbilt. His daughter works for Pat Murphy at Arizona State this year. So we're calling it the Tim Corbin's daughter regional with Arizona State the one, Vanderbilt the two, the aforementioned Sooners three, and Stony Brook four. Aaron, watch Oklahoma go out here, us against the world, which Sonny Galloway is very good at, and Oklahoma as a genre is very good at, and goes up there and wins the doggone thing. Chances of that are no. Yeah, I'm not wasting another word in Oklahoma. Good point. Uh, in this podcast, I think this is an easy regional for Arizona State, to be completely honest with you. They've already seen Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, I know they have pitching. They just have underachieved all year. I just don't think there's any way Vanderbilt beats Arizona State at their own game in their ballpark. I think the Sun Devils roll. You know, <laughs> it makes so much sense on paper. And, and You're going to go off the reservation, aren't you? Let me, let me, talk, let me talk myself through this. Okay. Here, we'll see where <laughs> I end up, all right? Uh, Vanderbilt, first of all, I, I, I just I, I really like their experience. And, and you know, they, they're not going to – I don't think they're going to be rattled in that environment. They, they've been out to Tempe before. They've been in regionals before. They've got all those seniors. Yeah. Seniors play up big in the NCAA tournament. I completely and, and these, agree. These are quality seniors. These are, these are Dominic Devosa and Alex Feinberg and David Macias. I mean, these right. are guys who really are good players. Hey, frankly, there are no seniors to be had at Arizona State. Tommy Raffrey's a fifth-year senior, a D2 transfer. It's not a senior lady. Arizona State had, had five, has five new starters this year. We've been saying all year long. It's, it's not the same team as last year. They played great this year, but uh, a lot of those guys haven't played in a regional before. You're uh, right. And, 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 you know, last time Vanderbilt was out that way, John, they didn't have uh, a guy named Pedro Alvarez Correct. Uh, for, for most of the weekend. Coming uh, off a bad SEC tournament, by the way. Yeah. He scuffled. Yeah. But he's Pedro Alvarez. He is. And, he and, is. and, and, and you know what? Vanderbilt's pitching took some time to settle this year, and, and you, you would expect it to because they've got some, some made some pretty, you know, big-time arms to replace. David right. Price, Casey Weathers, a couple of first couple of Americans. A couple of first eight picks in the draft. So, so you, you know, it took some time to break Keep in. Going. Caleb Coughlin is a, uh, I, I got a good arm. He's, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's settled in very nicely for them. I, if I'm Vanderbilt, I'd probably throw him in that first game against Oklahoma uh, because I want my left-hander, Mike Miner, to face those left-handed bats that Arizona State's going to throw at you. I think Keith Corbin uh, is smart enough to do that and, 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 and gutsy enough to do that. You're swaying me. John, Vanderbilt is going to go in there and they're going to shock the world uh, and they're going to win that regional. That's awesome that you picked that. That is so awesome. I love it. You gave good reasons for it, too. And if you're going to beat Arizona State... They're going to beat them now because their pitching supposed to be worn down. This is why we had them not in the preseason, right or wrong. That's why we did it. And they've had Ike Davis beat up with a ribcage injury. Can he pitch? Can he close for them? He supposedly is, is, is back right. now. I talked to him. But can he do it, though? Yeah, that's the question. Can yeah. Reyes Dorado have his early season form when he was 94 with a dirty slider? Who had that nasty ankle sprain. Yeah. And he wore out, too. I mean, he just wasn't as good. Uh, how about Steven Sauer? Steven Sauer was fantastic early. Another lost some life who, on his stuff. Another guy who, who you know had some injury issues. The, 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 the bullpen was hit hard by injuries. Rafferty was really the only consistent guy from start to finish back there. But 
Those guys supposedly are getting healthier. Toronto not 100 percent yet. Sauer has some postseason experience in the NJCAA World Series last year with Cole Rohrbaugh in Western Nevada. I sure. love my Western Nevada Joker. Great reference. I love my Western I, Nevada. I do Joker. think Arizona State is, is is actually not in bad shape on the mound because uh, you know Seth Flair begun to pitch better on the stretch. He started touching 94 again, as I understand it. The last Mike Leak is Mike Leak. Mike Leak is Mike Leak, and Josh Sotow is a is a winner. I love Josh Sotow. He's had a bad year. Uh, he's had a bad year, but. Uh, uh, he's a big game pitcher, so I mean, you know, there's what I say. I'm not, I'm not bagging on their pitching. I'm not. I have, I have a lot this year. You're really just on Vanderbilt. I believe in Vanderbilt. And Aaron Fid believes in Vanderbilt, and that's a great way to wrap the podcast. Should, should we make our picks on the? We, uh, we can do that if you want to. But we can do that, but I mean, it's all speculation because next week we have to pick them again. Just for, just for fun, let's do it. For grits and jiggles, I would say I would take North Carolina over my Omaha sleeper, Coastal Carolina. I also would take North Carolina over Coastal. I'll be taking LSU over Oral Roberts. But you I'm gonna take, have Irvine and New Orleans, and I'm guessing you're putting the Eaters. I am going to take the Eaters. I think I think probably that Supervisional would, would end up uh, out west, and I don't like New Orleans going out west with their style offense. It's just not a good matchup. i got to tell you, nothing would make me happier than to get to Omaha and find Mike Gillespie there. Oh, sure. That would be so awesome. Prince. It's not even funny. I love Coach Gillespie. I love Coach Gillespie. I just don't have the voice for it. Uh, my my super regional would be Texas Texas A and M. Wow, that would be good. You would have Rice Texas A and M. I'm on the Augie train right now. I'm hearing a lot of Augie believers. I'll take Wayne Graham and the Owls back to Omaha again. Third straight year would be uh, for the for the Owls. Then we both went San Diego, correct? Or no, I actually, I actually, uh, Beach? I actually, I actually, no, I took San Diego and okay. Vanderbilt, but uh, I'm, I'm going with Vanderbilt uh, all the way to Omaha. One year delayed. I'm taking San Diego. Talking about another team that was better in 07 than they are in 06, in 08. I think San Diego's going to take care of unfinished business and beats the Arizona State on the road. Arizona native Brian Mattis, Josh Romanski. You want left-handers to take on Arizona State's lineup? I would take the Toreros. So that's you know I think I think if, if it gets to that point, I think San Diego has a pretty good chance against Arizona State. Although put the podcast on the bulletin board in Tempe. We're ne- neither of us pick Arizona State to go to. Omaha. How about that? How about that? Indeed, they've been the best team really from start to finish this year. I mean, they stumbled a little bit late, but I think a lot of that was injury induced. But to me, honestly, they're a lot like North Carolina. They have no real weaknesses. Obviously, a better offense. But I think part of that's their ballpark, deep pitching. They don't have an Alex White. Uh, but they do have some depth in the pitching staff that they have, a, in my mind, an Achilles heel at shortstop. They don't have a – they're not as good defensively as they need to be uh, at second base and shortstop. I mean, their best shortstop is Mike Leak. <laughs> we, we see it all the time in the postseason, teams that are good defensively, and especially up the middle, uh, the teams that win. And I think, Joe, there's a stat that the last uh, four years, uh, the team that has won the College World Series has ranked in the top 20 in fielding percentage of the year. Uh, so uh, that's something to keep an eye on. It is. Arizona uh, State was so good defensively last year, leading the nation in fielding percentage. Um, Marcel Champagne and uh, Bordas, you guys are no Andrew Roman. That was that's a big, that's a big underrated factor here that people forget about how good Andrew Roman and Eric Sogard were up the middle last year. They were outstanding, and that's a big reason why you picked Arizona State to win it all last year when we went to Omaha. Of course, I picked North Carolina. We were over too. Uh, Oregon State. We will have a new champion this year. Oregon State, not even in the field. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. We'll be back with more tomorrow, my voice permitting. We'll hear a lot more of Aaron tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. For Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. See you tomorrow on the Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody.